Welcome to the Militant Grind Podcast, where today's guest, Jerry Scarlato, brings a wealth of experience from over 15 years in the health and fitness industry and a decade as an entrepreneur. Jerry's journey through the highs and lows of human behavior, the closure of a long-standing business, the end of a significant marriage, and the challenge of reconstructing his identity in his late 30s has given him profound insights into personal transformation. His realization that self-belief and self-perception are key to breaking free from mediocrity has shaped his mission as a personal development coach. Jerry is dedicated to helping individuals understand their true selves and guiding them to become the person they are meant to be. Join us as we delve into Jerry's inspiring story and explore his approach to personal development and self-awareness. Jerry, how are you today, sir? Pretty good, Sherman. I appreciate you having me on. Looking forward to a good conversation. Uh, we already hit it a little bit beforehand. We uh, <laughs> we are in very different weather climates right now. I'm I got a little bit of flurries sitting outside, and I'm sure you got some sun hitting yeah. you. But uh, right, and glad we're to be just on, totally opposite. You know, for <laughs> for the for the right. environment. Right, yeah, I got short sleeves, and you're all bundled up. You probably what's the temperature over there today? Oh. Uh... Oh, I don't have my watch on. I think it's gonna hit like seventy two, so it's gonna be a little warm. Woo, man! Yeah. I'd be in a tank top at seventy two degrees. <laughs> I, bet. <laughs> I bet, man. I mean, it's very fortunate. But the thing is, in California, right? Like, we'll start freezing in the morning, and then it warms up in the middle of the day, and then it's cold again at night. There so you, you have to change like several times, you know, throughout the day. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. So Jerry, let's get into you know, how you grew up. Um, I think I've, I've, uh, read that you were from like a well-off family, right? Uh, yeah. Medium high income family. So mm -hmm. my dad was an entrepreneur my whole life. Sounds like from the stories he told, he worked for somebody for maybe a year <laughs> out of his mm -hmm. journey, but, mm -hmm. um, he was an entrepreneur for a lot of his, his journey. So he, had a business in Baton Rouge. Um, that's where we grew up. That's where I was born and lived there for the first 13 or 14 years. And he had a, a video poker distributing business, which is something most people don't even perceive, you know, on their radar. Mm -hmm. And basically what he did is he would, um, which was brilliant in his strategy, he'd build restaurants or buy restaurants to put his video poker machines in. So he didn't really plan on the restaurant making money. He planned on the video pokers making money. Eventually video poker was outlawed in most of his main parishes that he was in. And that's why partly why we ended up back here and he ended up getting out of that. But at any rate, we grew up, you know, pretty comfortable. So, mm -hmm. um, I think, a little more spoiled, I guess, not super spoiled, but you know, we, we didn't, didn't struggle or anything like that. We didn't have a hard time. So, you know, the, the childhood part was not like anything that I learned throughout childhood was through, um, the struggle of sports, the struggle of like, you know, living a teenage life and things like that. But, mm -hmm. but you know, our family life was pretty solid. Our, our, we were all together and, and all that stuff. So yeah, well, that sounds good. I mean, you know, it's it's fortunate that you haven't went through any childhood traumas, you know, so that's a good thing. But that's then definitely. I have learned that, you know, that doesn't mean that 
you know, things don't come up later in life when you're on your own, you know, like, so we also, uh, get into that as well because you you were married for uh for 10 years right yeah married for 10 years and then owned a fitness studio for 10 years mm -hmm. and got married and opened the studio in 2013 got married in july opened the studio and i believe august or september and then got divorced and closed the studio both last year in 20 mm -hmm uh, 2013, uh, 2023. So mm -hmm. both of them, I I'm pretty sure that was a fluke. I mean, it just happens to turn out that way, but both of them ironically were kind of my nudging. Now the separation happened before the idea of even closing the gym came about mm -hmm. with the separation. It just felt like it's kind of one of those things where it's tough because like, we're both good people the key just didn't fit the lock right. right. So, you know, the first five years, three to five years of marriage, you maybe you deal with it and it's like, most of it's good and you're, you're kind of going along, but then eventually you just start to go, I don't know, just something's not like, like we're good, but it's like, something's just not clicking. Mm -hmm. And after a while you kind of go, you know, do we just live this life where it's like, the key doesn't fit and we just kind of deal with it or do we see if we can figure something else out? So I kind of prompted that. And then closing the gym wasn't on my radar. And until we had a couple of things kind of, it was like this cascade of things started popping up. Mm -hmm. One of our coaches was one of our full-time coaches quit and I replaced her pretty quick with just a temporary coach. I knew she was going to be temporary. Mm-hmm. But then she got antsy and she was ready to go. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't really feel like having to find another coach. And then we had an event and the event didn't go as even close to the way that we wanted to. We did a great job marketing. Mm -hmm. You know, you can always do more with stuff, but like we, pretty, we did a pretty good job and things just, just nobody showed up. Right. That was another like check off the list. Mm -hmm. And then we had some problems with the landlords and like, it was just like the sequence of things. And all of a sudden, I had this thought in my mind of closing the gym, which I had never had before, which was the thing. Like, mm -hmm. I had the thought. And once I had the thought, it's like I had this moment of, of relief. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I felt that moment of relief, I'm like, I guess it's time. Yeah. Wow. And so what was so was it the relief because there were a lot of trials and things that were going on going through like within the business? it was a combination of things. So it was mm -hmm. partly already the stress of going through the, the divorce and everything. Ironically, ironically, my now ex-wife, she ended up getting a job literally next to the gym, like our door, their door. So mm -hmm. that made things a little, a little more stressful. And then a lot of people at the gym knew my wife. She was actually really involved when we started to separate, we had probably close to 10 people leave because we separated because they mm. were upset with me. So we had a bunch of people leave. There was all of that stress. These other things started cascading and adding up. And basically my thought that I, I looked into the, the future, which you can't, you know, 
foresee the future necessarily, mm -hmm. but I took the last 10 years of business and I looked at the next 10 years and I said, do I believe that in the next 10 years, we're going to be significantly better than we were the last 10 years? Because the last 10 years was good, mm -hmm. but Alexandria, where we were, it's a small town. It's got 12,000 people in it. It's not very big. It's mostly oh, wow. rural. So it was a it was tough going anyway. Like We were never probably going to be this significant place. So I looked at the next right. 10 years and I'm like, is it going to be significantly better than the previous 10 years? And I am I going to be able to have the impact that I want to be able to have in life over the next 10 years? And the answer was no. And as soon as I had that relief where it's like, close the gym, and then all of a sudden the tension left my body, that's when I knew it was time. So basically when all those things kind of added up, it the next 10 years didn't make sense. And I feel re more relaxed and more comfortable closing the gym and starting over than continuing to go for another 10 years. Right. And starting over like with yourself, something that you want to do for you with no one else actually like conflicting within that. Right. Most definitely. You know, I think, I believe like at some point I'll get back into, you know, building an organization. Mm -hmm. I don't know when that is. I mm -hmm. definitely not in the next couple of years, <laughs> but I think it'll happen at some point because I enjoy, I enjoy the building of it. I enjoy the team. I enjoy all of that, but like, yeah, kind of like, like I'm, I'm kind of a natural, not kind of, a, I'm a natural introvert. So like being alone and building on my own for now feels relaxing to me. Like mm -hmm. it's kind of stressful in one sense because I'm all of a sudden transitioning myself to the world online building content, right. which is a right. much different thing than marketing to 12,000 people in Alexandria, Kentucky, nobody mm -hmm. of which listening, not nobody, but a lot of people of which listening to this will have never heard of and will never hear of in their lifetime. So they're two different things. So, but ironically, it's much more relaxing to me and I have much more confidence and I just, let me be myself. I'll take myself and I'll go ahead and restart and I'll, I'll go down this journey. I believe in my ability to follow through with the process. Mm -hmm. And if I follow through enough, then I believe down the road, I'll be able to start to itch and have that impact that I'm looking to have on right. a, on a and broader, so broader scale. Right. So you're starting an online fitness business, basically, so you can reach more people and things like that, right? Yeah. I'm uh -huh. I'm essentially taking what I did and mm -hmm. transitioning online, but I look at it as more of like a holistic approach. Not that that's not what we did at Thriveology. The name of the gym was Thriveology, which mm -hmm. it's, it's a made-up word, right? But Thriveology, it, it was on purpose because what we did there of course, mm -hmm. the staple of it was fitness. Most people, like everybody who came, got some sort of training. But we also were constantly harping on mindset. We did nutrition coaching there. We did workshops on mindset and building yourself personally. So it was more than just coming and exercise with us. There, we were constantly harping on improving your mental toughness, pushing mm -hmm. through to the next rep, pushing to the next set making sure to make yourself uncomfortable and, and that sort of thing anyway. So I, with this transition, I'm basically packaging it all up together and then mm -hmm. selling it together, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, man. That it's like sense. basically your everything got destroyed, so you could just renew yourself into like this totally different person. And I know that you know, like when things like that happen, is there is like a an ounce of fear, you know, that you go through going into the unknown. It's like wow, like I'm an introvert myself, and it took me a long time to you know start a podcast on my own because I you know I work with several of my friends and they know I'm like pretty well versed in a lot of subjects, right? And so we'll say, okay, we're getting into this together. But then I was like, it never worked out. So the only way for it to really happen the way I want it to happen, I have to create a brand, create a podcast and, you know, be fully in control where it's like, you know, that's, that's the only way it's going to work or you're never going to leave anything behind in the world, you know? So it's, it's funny, like hearing you say this, these things, I'm like, well, I could deeply resonate with with all of that you know you have a podcast as well and it's <laughs> right and so being an introvert you know a lot of people think that we're shy or we don't talk or you know things like that it's not that we're we mostly uh think you know within but then it's like if there's something to talk about you know if there's something to to relate to someone about okay now you have my attention but i'm just not gonna go out there talking about anything you know what i mean like i'm not that type of person but yeah, that's exactly it, man. I mean, yeah. it, the funny thing about introverts is like, I believe I don't, to be totally honest, I believe there's more introverts that can have an impact on the world than extroverts. Cause I believe that extroverts tend to get in the way of themselves. This, mm -hmm. That's a general, general, generalization mm -hmm. totally. But mm -hmm. nonetheless, like introverts will sit back and like you said, do things quietly for the mm -hmm. most part, they'll, they'll go out and they'll do their thing. But They'll do things quietly and behind the scenes. And I'm sure you can resonate. Um, you can resonate with this, but like I didn't, most people who see me and talk to me wouldn't believe that I'm an introvert because they're like, well, you, you can talk to a camera just fine. You can, you can converse with people just fine. Mm -hmm. If I'm like running a class or I'm doing a seminar or a workshop, like I'm pretty lively. I move around. Right. And they're like, there's no way you're an introvert, but I'm like, yeah, but I made myself do this. Like mm -hmm. I created this person. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm sure you can resonate with that. Like you forced yourself to start the podcast. You forced yourself to get out and start coaching people. You forced yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you'd probably still be like, I'd, I'd just be reading books by myself all day. What? Oh man, if I could do that, that'll be like the best life for me. That'd be solid. All it? I need is food. <laughs> if I had like a supply of food and like books in the gym oh man i would never leave you know It'd be like, solid yeah right, i'll be solid for the rest of my days you know but like you said i, I did have to push myself and i actually told this guy uh this a couple of days ago he was like man i want to start a podcast too but you know this this that and i'm like bro you just have to do it you know like you are stopping yourself like there's like you're not going to start off perfect with anything you know and a lot of times people get in their own way because they think they need all of these grandier things in order to start but it's like if you have a phone you could do almost you know you could record yourself you could do anything almost you know like we have all of the tools at our disposal to to do what we can do like i'm not in like a perfect studio right now like if i was to show you how my setup is now you'll be like man that looks crazy you know but but then it's like i make do with what i have at the moment you know oh no doubt man i and i i dude that was that was definitely me now i can remember a time where it wasn't like 
and this wasn't really when I was starting my journey, like phones were, the, phones were a thing, you know, it was all pretty, still pretty simple, but like, I certainly remember a time when phones weren't a thing. Like, mm -hmm. so it's because we have what we have. I think no matter how easy the, the ability is, people will always find excuses because it's just a matter of not, it's something new to you. And because it's something new to you, you're not comfortable doing it. Like mm -hmm. that's, a lot of the reason why people fail in health and fitness because every time they try again, they're, they're starting anew and it's, it's not comfortable and they, they don't give them times that give themselves time to get comfortable in the gym or around other people or with mm -hmm. their diet or whatever it is. They just, mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable, like right. making change is uncomfortable. So unless you give yourself you realize that what you're saying is just an excuse and a justification and then just go ahead and do it anyway. And then give yourself time to do it. I just, you're just always going to hold yourself back. Right. Right. It's funny because I talk to a lot of uh, different trainers and they tell me that like, man, it's just hard to get people to commit, you know, and to stick, you know, like their retention rate is very, very low, you know? <laughs> but then I'm like, I also told one of my uh, good friends this past weekend, I was like, you know, for people to be even like us or as fit as us, you kind of have to be a little off, you know, like in your mind, because it's like, who wants to sit there and put themselves through this pain consistently, you know, weekly, you know what I mean? Like when people, I'm sure people will look at you and be like, wow, man, you got, look at your biceps and, that, and you're just sitting there like, man, I mean, come on, man. Like, do you know what I have to go through to get, keep biceps like this? Like, it's not like, it's just like, it just happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, you have to put in this effort and this, uh, this, this and, and, you know, embrace this pain, you know, like you're tearing the muscle every time you work out just to rebuild it. You know, and you're trying to tear the muscle so you could rebuild it, you know, so it takes like a different type of individual to actually go through that. And I had a um a talk uh, on uh, my Instagram live the other day and I was just like, you know, it might be a disservice for me to, you know, train other people because I really don't know how to go soft. You know, like my first times working out, I worked out on the federal prison at 17 years old. You know, it's weird how this happened. My friend's dad was a prison guard and he led us on the on the prison yard and we went inside of the prison and worked out with his, you know, big prison guard daddy. Yeah. And this other guy, you know, the workouts were so hard that I can't even remember what we were doing. You know, I just remember <laughs> this being fucked up, you know, but, <laughs> but then it's like, say, if I'm training a beginner, I may think I'm going light, but I'm really doing too much for them compared to like what I would do for myself. You know what I'm saying? So it's oh, like, man, that whole thing is like, it's a little off for me. Like, I really don't know how to go soft, you know? Like I work uh, out with pro bodybuilders, you know, people that are in prep, you know what I'm saying? Like you would yeah. be, I, and I tell people, I'm like, you know, I'm not really just like to, the, hey man, let's go work out. Like, I'm like, nah, I'm really about this train. life. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. it's not like I'm gonna go and like, yeah, man, we're just like, like, no, I'm a totally different person when I'm in there, you know? Well, I think you make a valid point because I, I like to differentiate working out and training because mm -hmm. what most people do is work out. Mm -hmm. Not that, I mean, I refer to workouts as workouts, but, but I, there's a difference. So most people work out, they go to the gym and they, they work out, they go, you know, whatever 
jump on the treadmill or get on the elliptical or mm -hmm. tinker around on the machines or do whatever. And for some time, like that'll work. And generally that's about six to eight weeks for some time. When you go from zero to doing something, it's going to work. It's going to do it for about six to eight weeks. And then when you don't change the stimulation, it's going to stop. Mm -hmm. So going to back to what you're saying to like, it takes a different person to be able to push as hard as possible or, or push yourself to get results, I guess right. is, is a better way to say it. That's true. And when people start, they're not, they're not going to be that person. Most, there will be some, but they're outliers. Mm -hmm. But when people mm -hmm. start, they're not going to be that person, but they need to be able to become that person. And that's, that's important right. because what happens is people get frustrated because they do something for about six to eight weeks, maybe a little longer, and then they quit going to the gym mm -hmm. or they go in and out. And then eventually they just stop and they wonder why they're not getting results. And it's like, it's because your effort sucks. Like mm -hmm. you, you, you started and you got a little bit because you went from zero to something. Mm -hmm. But when you go from something to still something and then just a little more something and then the same of something else, mm -hmm. like it, you're, you can, you're not going to get results. Like right. that effort that you're talking about, pushing yourself and driving yourself forward, doing another set, doing another rep, doing pushing yourself to add five pounds this week or two and a half pounds or whatever it's going to be like that, that is required in my mind. If you want to continue to make progress. Now, right. if you just want to go to the gym and you just, you're just happy moving around, then by all means, like go to the gym and be happy moving around and that's mm -hmm. okay. And that's much better than sitting on the damn couch. Right. <laughs> right. 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 But if you want results and I believe most people do like they go to the gym cause they want to look good naked or they want a six pack or they want to lose 50 pounds or whatever. And that mm -hmm. requires, that requires effort that that requires what you're talking about. Yeah. And then like another thing is just like, uh, there's a, you know, like the instant gratification of it, you know, it's kind of crazy to me because I often tell people like, it's easy to lose fat. Losing fat is super easy, but when it comes to gaining the muscle, that's going to take a couple years. You know, like nobody's going to get buff or whatever, yeah. like, like that. And so people have the misconception about it. Cause you know, then I thought about it the other day when I was in the gym, I was looking at these young guys and I was looking at myself and I was like, man, I've been working out for, for years, you know, like it takes a lot of years to compound, you know, those, that muscle and that effort, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? But then some oh, people definitely. will look at it before and after and be like, man, I don't have results, but I'm like, those are different type of results. Like anybody could lose, like losing a hundred pounds, that's nothing. But when you yep. gain that muscle to, you know, bulk up and, yeah, you know, yeah, shape it in pounds, huh? Yeah. Gaining 10 pounds. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a whole different beast, you know? Mm -hmm. And so uh, I also feel like that's another reason why people, you know, give up on themselves is because it's like a lot of unrealistic goals and they don't really understand how their body or the body works, period, you know, because it's like well, gene there's genetics. It's all it's all kind of stuff. It is. And I a lot of it, honestly, is. Is culture like mm -hmm. we're sold because we're sold so much instant gratification crap. And it, to be totally honest, like I think the health and fitness industry does a disservice to that because that's what sells like sexy sells. Right. Mm -hmm mundane does not sell mm -hmm. people in business say the same thing like sexy programs and sexy this like get make a million dollars that like that stuff all sells yeah but 
hey, you got to show up every day. You got to do the same tasks every day. You got to do it over the course of decades. And that's how you're going to get results. Sorry, that doesn't sell, but that's what, that's, that's what works. And, and like, it's amazing how health and fitness and life align perfectly. Mm -hmm. Like you have to go in, you have to go in and do the work and that's what you got to do every day. And mm -hmm. whether or not you want to lose a hundred pounds, which yeah, you could, you could lose a hundred pounds quick, like right. pretty quick, like three to six months. You could mm -hmm. do it pretty quick. Now mm -hmm. it, you're not going to feel good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're going to feel like right. crap. Yeah. Uh, it's, you're going to be unhealthy by the end of it. You're probably going to end up putting some of that weight back on, if not a lot of it, mm -hmm. but like you could lose it pretty, pretty freaking quick. But to your point, like, to actually gain a level of muscle. And this is something that, that like women misconstrue a lot because what a lot of women think about weight training is, well, I don't want to get big and bulky. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard that one, but like women can't, can't is a hard word. The vast majority, 80% of women cannot get big and bulky right. because they don't have the, the hormone levels. They don't have testosterone levels to be able to do it. And, mm -hmm. To your point, like putting on weight is freaking hard. It's mm -hmm. it's just hard. So the hormone levels that you need in order to do that, the calories you need to take in to be able to do it, and the effort that you have to put in to be able to do it, like all those things have to line up mm -hmm. and that's how it's going to end up getting done. And that's how like women get get so misconstrued about that, about that idea of bulking up. Like it's just, it's nearly impossible for mm -hmm. a woman to, for a woman to get big quote, big and bulky. Right. But. Yeah. I mean, that's, I feel like that's an excuse that holds people back, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, what can I say to, to hold myself back from doing yeah. something? You know, like men even say the same thing, like, man, I, I don't want to get too big. I'm like, you probably can't get that big. Yeah. You know, like everybody's body type is different. Like look at the lineage of, of men you come from. You know, if more than if your grandfather's slim, your dad's slim, more than likely you're probably just going to be a slim fit guy. You know what right. I'm saying? Unless you want to, you know, juice or whatever. That's a whole different story. But mm -hmm. it's like a lot of people end up putting these uh, these barriers on themselves that probably will like never, ever come true. You know, like if you look at the men in my family, you'll be like, OK, I could see why he looks the way he looks, you know, or he has the size that he has, yep. you know. But yeah, it's a it's a very interesting take, man, how like a lot of people self-sabotage, um, you know, themselves from what they really want, you know? Well, to go back to like, like, I believe that mo what mo holds most people back is what they, who they believe they are. Mm -hmm. and, and we build who we believe we are over time, just like anything else. Like it happens mm -hmm. over time. We build it through both our own lens and we build it through what people and culture tell us is possible, both for people in general and for us. Mm -hmm. So sadly, like a lot of parents try and like dampen down their kids belief, not belief, but like um, dreams, mm -hmm. you know, tell them to be realistic or whatever. And that, that is one thing. And eventually you start to build that belief yourself and as you live your life and you are a person who sits down at, you go home, sit down at the couch after work and you, you eat a bag of potato chips, like that's your identity. That is who you become. 
And mm. those habits literally become ingrained in you. They become connections literally in your brain. They literally are like highway circuits in your brain. The more often you do those things. And that's hard to, to break because it is automatic. Those connections right. are. The more often you do it, literally the connection in your brain gets covered by a thing called myelin. The more often you do it, the more often, the more, the quicker that connection happens mm -hmm. and that that's your identity. It, mm -hmm. it becomes you. So when you change something, when you try to make a shift, and this is why so many people have a hard time. When you try to make a shift, you're trying to break that connection and then create another one, which when you create another one, then you have to add repetitions and you have to do it often enough so that you don't break the connection so that it mm -hmm. becomes automatic. It's literally just a neurological pathway, but people think of it as themselves. Well, I guess I'm just not the type of person that gets in shape. Right. That's not true. Right. Right. Wow. Wow, man. It's funny. Because like, <laughs> like, I I had a uh, one of my friends was like, we should start going to different gyms just so we won't get comfortable, you know, with the same routine of, you know, being at one gym because, you know, I often see myself, it's like, it's a routine for me to want to work out and go to the gym and do these different things. And if I don't do it, my mind is like, or my body is like, what the hell are you like? What are you doing? Like, what's going on? Right. Where it's mm -hmm. like, you have to, or like my back will start hurting my, you know, my legs will start. It's like all of these different aches and pains will happen. But it was like, man, if you've been putting yourself through this for so long, through so many years, it's like, when you stop your mind or your body, it's like, whoa. You know, yeah. like I remember during COVID, I was like, I was going crazy. Like I started doing curls with objects in the house. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I was like, I have to do something like this isn't right. Like my body doesn't even feel right if I don't feel any kind of ache and pain. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Most definitely, man. I get, I totally get that. You mm -hmm. know, and I think most people don't, they just kind of look at it as like, well, they look at it as they're exhausted already. And it's like, well, if I'm tired already, then why would I go work out? Cause it's just going to make me more tired. But like what they don't realize is it's not, you're not tired because it's been a tough day for you. Most people mm -hmm. sit eight to 10 hours a day. And if that's the fact, it's not because you're expending all this energy. It's, right. it's because it's because your body's not producing energy because you're not mm -hmm. telling it to. Mm -hmm. So to your point, like when you stop doing stuff because you've done it for so long mm -hmm. like little sherman in your head's like dude you got to get up and do something like right. you haven't done you haven't worked out in a couple of days it's like dude you got to go work out mm -hmm. like you got to get up and go because little sherman in your head's going i gotta like come on dude i gotta do something i'm getting mm -hmm. i'm getting like getting antsy over here mm -hmm. but people don't make that connection they just think that that's the way it is for them they think that it's either their age or it's just who they are or it's their sex or it's whatever it is but it's just, a ha it's just, it's just what you've built into your life. Right. And another thing that I found out is that people think that they have to be a hundred percent or be mm -hmm. willing to, you know, go to the gym. I'm like, bro, I barely want to go, you know, mm -hmm. like I don't like, so do you think I don't, I'll, I'll wake up and say, I'm going to go to the gym today. Hell no. You know what I mean? But the same way you go to work, you take a shower you, you know, you eat food, it's, it's, you have these habits. So it's like, this also has to be a habit that you push yourself to do because nobody really like 
I mean, some people say that they do, but like, I mean, there's moments where I'm like, man, I do not. They're lying, dude. Lying. <laughs> I'm telling you, I believe that they're lying because you can't. Well, I mean, you know, maybe not, but like, I'll give you a perfect example. And people mm -hmm. say this to me too, right? Well, it's easy for you because you're a fitness person. Like, you love to go to the gym. But right. I love the feeling. Don't get me wrong. Once I'm there, mm -hmm. but yesterday was a perfect example, and I I put this out on my Instagram story Friday night. So I have this thing called histamine intolerance. Basically, my body doesn't process histamine that well, and when you eat certain foods, they have hot, they have histamine in them, and your your body creates histamine as it builds up. It creates brain fog and anxiety and things like that if you get too much of it. Well. I had high histamine foods Friday night. Friday night, I didn't sleep well because of it. Saturday night, didn't sleep well because of it. Because typically, it's about a 48-hour process before your body starts to kind of like plateau and come back down. Mm -hmm. Sunday morning, I woke up and I work out on Sundays. Sunday morning, I woke up and I had this low level of anxiety and brain fog. And my body's just like telling me. So two bad nights of sleep plus... Because of what I ate, I have this, I just got this feeling like, oh, man, I don't, I do not want to work out today. My, I'm going through like doom and gloom in my head. Like oh, today's just gonna be a crappy day. Why am I even trying to do anything? I don't even know what the point is. You know, whatever nonsense you tell yourself whenever you got, you got yourself in a bad mood. But I'm like, okay, there's one, th one thing I will not do is break a promise to myself. And I am the type of person that follows through with the things that I say I'm going to do for myself. And I mm -hmm. tell myself I'm not going to skip the gym. So I went to the gym. 20 minutes into the gym, into the workout, my mood starts to shift. I start to change my perspective a little bit. By the end of the workout, I was like, I was normal. I mean, for all intents and purposes. So... Mm -hmm. It's that like the perfect example. I didn't, I didn't want to like, I wasn't prepared to not go, right. but I made myself go because that's who I am. So mm -hmm. I went and damned if I didn't feel better afterward. Right. That, that always happens to me though. Like say, if I don't feel like going out, I'll start, you know, I'll have a little slow, whatever, but then it's like the overdrive kicks after a while where it's like, no, nah, right, come on, let's go. Boom. You know? But then I like give myself a chance to warm up because at first I'm like, oh, I'm feeling a little weak. But it's like it's not that your body has to just warm up and get ready. And OK, bam, now now you're at it, you know, because yeah, since me being a fit guy, man, I hear all kind of excuses why someone is not fit. You know, they're trying to make it seem like it's a big deal. And I'm just sitting there like, bro, you just got to do it. You know, like there's no excuse like you get you have a garage, you have weights in your garage, you have a system, you know, like that's that's all on you. A, a gym is around the corner, you know. And I used to get I got like so motivated, um, you know, because there were ladies, there was this lady, right, uh, that I work with, and she had two kids and she was a single mom. And she told me that she wakes up at four in the morning while her kids are asleep and goes to the gym that and girl. works out. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of people that are like dedicated, you know, that make the time, that make the effort. You know, they'll say, okay, my kids are asleep. Now I have time. All right, I'm going to go to the gym and, and make it happen. You know? Well, and then you take that person as an example and you look at somebody else who doesn't, like we had a girl at the gym. Mm -hmm. She had seven kids. And she came to the gym three to five days a week. Dang. Seven kids 
and she'd come to the gym three to five days a week. If you're listening to this and you have one child and you're having a hard time, first of all, I don't have kids. So take what I'm going to say with a grain of salt. I've worked with thousands of people with children. Mm -hmm. So if you have one child and you're having a hard time, it's because you're not figuring out how to prioritize the time outside of the child. This lady had seven kids, seven kids. I'm saying it on purpose. And she was able to get to the gym three to five days a week. She mm -hmm. homeschooled them too. Oh, like wow. seven kids homeschooled them. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they were all off at school and then she could go. Mm -hmm. Seven kids homeschooled them and figured it out. So people just have a time prioritization problem. Like, you know, if you know I need to spend time with the kid at this time and this time and then this time and this time, what what about these other times? Like you right. definitely have something in there. You're just doing a terrible job of prioritizing your time. Most mm -hmm. people spend whatever, like two to three hours on their phone, plus another one to two hours watching TV. So there's time right there. Right. Right. Yeah, that is true. Because when uh, my daughter was a couple months old, um, I couldn't go to the gym. So I just used to do the uh, the beach body on demand. I would do insanity, there you, go. you know, right in front of her. You know, sweating like crazy. I would work out right in front of her at home because during the pregnancy, you know, men can gain weight too. So yeah. I gained weight. I was like, no, nah, I can't do this. And, you know, I ended up losing it all. It's probably the most shredded I've ever been. You there know, you but I was like, I had to figure out how I could prioritize my time and make something happen. You know, so that's what I did. But then when her mom got home, then I went to the gym. You know, I did a couple of gym workouts. So I was doing two days too. But it's like, it's really you know, easy to figure something out when you prioritize it in a different way. You know, now we have YouTube, we can go on YouTube and do workouts. I think Netflix now has a section where they have a uh, at home workouts on there, you know, mm -hmm. but it's like, there's, you know, I, I, I tend to like use excuses for myself sometimes, but I'm like, man, you have dumbbells in the, in the garage, you have a bench press, you have a bar, you have uh, the cables, like there should be no reason at all you should not be doing a workout every day, you know? And, but we often feel like we have to go to the gym, but there's a lot that you could do with free weights, you know, a whole lot. Like I have the, uh, bow flex dumbbells that you could turn and adjust it. Oh, those things you know? are solid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Heck yeah. Like I love them. They go up to 50 pounds. I could do, do, do 15 pounds, you know, like it's just one stack right there. And I was just like, man, I could literally like accomplish anything with this. You know, I could do, I could do uh, lunges by holding the weights on, you know, holding both of the weights with 50 pounds, doing lunges like that. You know, I could do dumbbell step ups. I could step on this box right here, go up and down. You know, I could do squats with them. You know, it's a lot that we're able to do with what we have, you know. Well, and going back to your point of I, you, you were talking about perfection and before, I think like that's another thing that stops people from from making progress or from doing anything. It's perfection. They think that they, they think it has to be perfect. And when that translates to working out, like most people think that if you can't get an hour workout in and it and it's not the certain way that you usually do it, then it's not worth doing. Well, I've already missed 10 minutes of my workout or I can only get 30 minutes in. So I, I might as well not do it like that mindset is a terrible mindset. Mm -hmm. Because again, you're not following through with the repetition. The important part is the repetition of it. It is the mm -hmm. showing up of it. So if you show up, even if it's for 10 minutes, 
and you do something, first of all, something is always better than nothing. Always. There's like, there's not a question, even a little bit about that. Something is always better than nothing. But when you show up every day, even if it's for 10 minutes, you are doing the repetition of it. And that's the important part. You are making it a part of you so that when you have your normal days, then you can make time for your normal days and you can have a great workout. But if you don't get the whole thing in, that's okay. Right. As another as another example, a girl a girl at the gym, by the way, by the way, girls are tougher than guys. But that's why all these examples are girls because they'll actually follow through and do the work. Um, just throwing that out there. Sorry, fellas. No, I but, agree. I agree. No. Yeah, they're tough. Yeah. <laughs> so this girl, she she would show up 15 minutes late for a 30 minute class and and do the workout. Like she'd show up 15 minutes late and it was somewhat regular for her to be 10 minutes late to a class, but mm-hmm. she would always show up. She would always show up if she was signed up. Like that's the, that's the thing it's to do the work and right. to do it regularly. Right. And I, I actually had, um, you know, cause I would say I will often do that myself, man. I'm like, you know, if you can't go hard, don't go hard at all. But then it's I had to switch to my mindset. Yeah. I like, that's when I was like, you bought all of this gym equipment. You have two bench presses. Like you have a Smith machine. Like my garage is pretty much, you know, set. You know, I have like floor mats. I have all kind of stuff, right? So I'm like, what? Why are you not working out every day almost? You know, like I understand, like I have a rest day, but it's like if this, if there's a day that you typically work out, you should have no excuse not to do it. You know, and I had to, I had to basically just like get out of my own way with that. You know, but I'm not, I don't have this or I don't have that. And I'd rather just wait and do it right at the gym. But then it's like, now the time is still going by, you know, like, (laughs) like the time is going to go by regardless. So you just have to do, do with what you, what you have, you know? And so with this being said, right. Cause I, I do love how you said like women are tougher than guys and, you know, the majority of people at the gyms that I go to, it's just a bunch of women, right. Like every single one, like it's always filled with women. But what do you think is the disconnect between um, men and, you know, being, uh, you know, active in the gym versus like women? I know women, they want to look good so they could, you know, get a man and things like that. Like they want to be attractive. But what do you think holds men back mostly? Hmm. I think it's two things. Uh, One is women, women are more willing to push through that barrier. We were talking about you know, you need to take it to the next level. If you want to get results, mm-hmm. women are actually more willing to do that. Like they're more willing to actually push themselves a little harder mm-hmm. again, on average. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also more willing to push through like some pain and discomfort. Like guys tend to like, Oh, I have a bad back. And so if I feel it just a little bit, I'm going to stop. Well, you have a bad back cause you sit around and you don't do anything. It's not because of the training. It's not because of the working out. So you, there's a little bit of working through that you need to do. So mm-hmm. like women just on average will push through that stuff more. I think the other part of it is ego. Like guys don't want to go into the gym and feel bad about themselves. Mm-hmm. And generally when they're getting started, they're fat and overweight and weaker than they used to be or whatever. And they don't want to feel bad. They don't want to feel bad about it. Like they have this idea of themselves at 18 years old when they were solid and athletic and, you know, 
They just, they were in shape because they were 18 years old and playing sports probably. Right. And that's what they have in their mind. So when they get to the gym and they're not that way, that's not a fun feeling. And they just, they don't want to beat their ego up. So they just don't go. So from my experience, that's kind of what I've had to work guys through is like, it's okay. Like you're not, you're not where you were, not even close, but that's mm -hmm. okay. And if you do it regularly enough and push through a few aches and pains and do a couple of things, like we might be able to get you close, but you got a lot of work to do. Right. Right. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Cause it's like a lot of men talk about what they used to be able to do. You know, like, man, I used to hit 315 five times and I used to, I used to, I used to, but it's just like, man, okay, like, you know, <laughs> like that's when okay. your testosterone was at its peak. And, you know, like you say, you were playing sports, you were playing football. So, like, you probably had to do that. But just being like an average civilian, you know, you have to, you not say keep that up, but you have to like at least have something, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, that's, and that's the thing, like, if that's the thing that's holding you back, because you're so worried about what you used to be, mm -hmm. that you're not going to go in and work harder on yourself now, because you know, you're not going to be able to do that, which is, again, it's fine. It's, no one cares, but you, like, you're the only one that cares about that. You're the only one that's paying attention to it. So, you know, if you're not willing to push through and do the work and, and potentially see if you can get close to that again then like that's on you. It's just a matter of showing up and doing the work to see if you can do it. Mm -hmm. So what tools do you give some of your clients um, when they do start to uh, self-sabotage and things like that? Like what I say, you know, if I'm just a client coming to you, right. And, you know, I'm overweight and I'm like feeling bad about myself. And, you know, I'm just like, man, I don't know where to start. You know, my mind isn't right. What will you do to, uh, um, a client like that, like, what would you say to them? What kind of resources and tools will you give them? Uh, well, so when it comes with the workout, one of my favorite tools is the 10 minute rule. Um, and that's basically what I did yesterday. So if you, if you were telling yourself a story, whatever the story is, mm -hmm. it's been a long day. So I don't feel like working out. And that's, that's what we, that's what we don't realize is like, that's all self-sabotaging behavior, all these justifications, Something as simple as like, oh, it's been a long day, so I'm not going to go work out. Like that's that's your subconscious trying to pull you back to normal. Mm -hmm. So when you feel those kinds of things start to happen and you're trying to convince yourself of to not follow through, especially when it comes to a workout, make the rule that you're going to show up for 10 minutes and you're going to start working out for 10 minutes. And if you don't feel like working out after that 10 minutes, Okay, you tried, it didn't work. But nine times out of 10, like you and I have already discussed, when you show up, you're going to feel like working out. Like once you start, nine times out of 10, you're going to go ahead and keep going. All right. So you got to push through that initial like inertia and mm -hmm. just say, okay, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to try. I'm just going to get going. I'm going to give myself 10 minutes. And then after 10 minutes, make a decision from there. Right. So that's one big thing for the gym. Outside of that, I think setting up your environment is extremely important, mm -hmm. um, especially when it comes to nutrition and just like general stuff to not distract you. So a lot of people have a hard time. Here we go. It's There's a good saying that I like a lot. 
uh, buyer discipline at the store. So instead of getting all the junk that you normally eat, that's not useful for you, just don't buy it. Don't buy it. Buy the stuff that you are supposed to be eating that's mm-hmm. going to get you to your goal. And that way, when you start to have those self-sabotaging feelings and thoughts, like when you're sitting on the couch and you're watching Netflix and you get that urge for potato chips, you don't have any potato chips to go grab. If you want them, you got to go buy them. Right. Most times you're not going to go buy them. Right? right. So that's another big one. Like set up your environment to, to make it hard to do things that you normally want to do that sabotage you. And, and nutrition's a big one. Uh, the phone is another big one. Like a lot of people spend a lot of time on the phone and like you and I met through the phone, through Instagram or through however we, how did we find each other? Pod match. That's right. I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, how did we do that? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well, we met through technology, but right. technology distracts a lot of people, which mm-hmm. You just have to learn how to use it, not let it use you. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to set barriers for yourself. And if you can't, then figure out how to set the device so that you don't self-sabotage. So you don't right. go down and start scrolling on Instagram or doing whatever for any longer than you need to. You want to do it for 10 minutes? Okay. But you don't need to do it for an hour. So setting up your environment is is really, really big. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a show, I forgot the name of it, but... There was, a, there was a guy that, uh, I don't know, but then basically he got these overweight people and he gave them about like a year time to lose a certain amount of weight. Um, it was a reality show and I was like addicted to watching it. Like I absolutely like love this show. I think I'm not sure if it's called from fat to fit or something. Oh yeah. That, that sounds familiar. Yeah. It was like a guy, he was actually, um, uh, out here in California. Um, golly, I forgot his name. I always forget stuff like that because there's so much going on. But yeah, basically, he transformed these people's apartments and their homes into gyms. So he took the couches out, put treadmills in, put ellipticals in, put workout equipment in. So it's like, now you have no excuse but to work out. You know, so he created that environment where it was like, hey, no matter what, you have no excuse at all. You know, this is what you have. You know, but then we also have to step outside ourselves and command ourselves to be great in those kind of ways. You know, it's like, I know I'm in control. I know I could do anything that I want, but I need to have some type of self-discipline to achieve, you know, what I want to achieve. Because trust me, I would love to eat chili cheese fries every day. You know, like who wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like ice cream cake every day. But then it's like, you have to have that discipline to be like, okay, I know this isn't good for me. You know, or if I do like say what I do tell people, if you are having a craving, just eat a small portion. You know, you don't have to eat like these big, you know, like like these big bowls of ice cream. Like I used to take three scoops of ice cream. Like, wow. Now I'm like one and a half or two is good enough with a small little slice of cake. Okay, cool. I got my fix, you know, but in America, I've noticed that our portions are just out of control compared to the West rest of the world. Like Mm -hmm. there's some places like, like say some countries you go to seeing a fat person is very, very rare, Mm -hmm. but they all eat the same stuff, but they just don't have these large portions. 
You know, like say when I went to Paris, right? I was like, okay, all of these, there's pastry shops everywhere, you know, mm -hmm. crepe shops everywhere. That's you like know, what, the, what they're known for. Right. That's what they're known for. But nobody is fat. You know, they're but they're walking around, they're active. The pastries are about like that big. You know, people are ordering four of them, just gobbling them down. And I was on a boat and I seen this guy that was super big. He had to be like 250 pounds or so, right? Plus, right? And I was like, I guarantee you that's an American. I guarantee. Then I heard his I voice. Laugh, but that's sad. Yeah, I heard his voice and I was like, yeah, he's an American. Like I was right. You know, and people like say, if you were to go to the Middle East, they'll start acting like you were the buffest guy in the world, you know, because like nobody out there is like, you know, that really that big. You know, when I was out there, they're like bodybuilder. Hey, I was like, you really think I'm all that? Like back home, I'm not even, you know, yeah. that big. But out there, it's like people aren't usually like as big as we are, you know. But yeah, that's so I was like, OK, maybe. You can partake in certain things if you, you know, already got your regimen down, you know, because we all have cravings. So I say just eat a small portion, you know, instead of getting a large fry, just get a small fry, you know, small drink, you know, and, a, you know, a burger or a lettuce wrap or something like that, you know. But uh, yeah, that's that's just something that I personally use for myself because I'm like, man, sometimes I do want some fries, but I'm just eat a small portion of the fries, you know. No, that's solid. I mean, it's and it's true because like at the end of the day, like that 300 calories of fries or whatever isn't going to do anything to you, but you have a ton of muscle on you and 99% mm -hmm. of the rest of the time, like you're on point. Mm -hmm. And I think what a lot of people don't understand is like they they think that what again, what they're doing is normal and that they can't change it. Mm -hmm. And like one of the things that people say a lot is, well, I don't want to have to give up xyz because i enjoy it too much and it's like okay well you don't have to give it up forever number one you right. may have to give it up for some time which is mm -hmm. okay because if you plan on living the rest of your life if you plan on living until 80 90 years old you got time so right. you may have to give it up for some time but eventually right. you can have it again and what you'll realize is number one Either you you actually won't like it whenever you have it again, which I've done that with a couple of things that I used to like a lot. Like mm -hmm. I'll eat them and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even drink that. I can't eat that. Like that's just terrible. Mm -hmm. Or you don't need as much. Like right. going back to ice cream, like I'm a huge brownies and ice cream fan. You make some nice homemade brownies, get me some bluebell ice cream. Do you have do you guys have bluebell out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. Yeah. No, it's not true. I'm with you. <laughs> like, <I wish> you. <laughs> you put those things in a cup and you mix them together and you start eating like it's solid mm. but you give me like a cup this big like you don't need much of it because right. you realize like it it overwhelms you at a certain point because your body's just not used to it which is a good thing because then you mm -hmm. can actually enjoy the thing instead of all most people are do are just gobbling the shit down anyway right right yeah yeah, because I used to be pretty hard on myself about dieting, but I'm like, man, let me just, you know, but then at the end of the day, you know, I do need a lot of calories. You know, that's one thing that I did have to recognize in myself. I'm like, maybe I'm not eating enough. And, you know, the way my body type is, I need to eat way more calories than what I've been eating, you know, so I often tell people that like some things are for everybody. You just have to figure out like what's right for you, you know? Well, and what's hard for people, again, to appreciate is 
someone like you and someone like me, which you're heavier than I am, as far as I can tell, like you have a lot of muscle on you. And because mm -hmm. of that, you can dispose of a lot of glucose. Like whenever you eat carbohydrates, they need to be, that stuff needs to be either stored somewhere mm -hmm. or it needs to be, well, it needs to be stored somewhere. Like, right. and it's either stored in your muscles or your liver or it's stored as fat. Mm -hmm. And when you have a lot of muscle, it's basically a garbage dump for glucose. So mm -hmm. like you can have carbohydrates and things like that and sugar, and it'll get stored in your muscle. Now, again, you can't, you can't go overboard, like, right. but nonetheless, you, you have more of a barrier there. Mm -hmm. You have, you have space. And that's exactly what you're talking about because you got a lot of muscle on you. And because you have a lot of muscle, you basically have a lot of the, the way I literally like to think about it is a garbage dump for carbs. Like mm -hmm. you can eat them and it's going to get stored in your muscles. Right. And that's, that's also why you need it because mm -hmm. otherwise you'll start muscle wasting and you don't want that either. Right. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. And that's why I often say that like fitness isn't a one size fits all because I was going doing keto and trying yeah. this out. And I was like, man, this is really not, it's not working well for Don't me. feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Like my brain is going crazy. I'm not sleeping. You know, I'm like, maybe this works for these guys, but it's not for me. But then I also started to notice that the body will tell you what it needs. You know, like it's kind of weird. Like say, I would be fiend. I'll wake up and I'll fiend for carbs after a hard workout. You know, my body's like, you need to eat something like some carbs, potatoes, something, you know, ASAP. Or I'll crave like red meat, you know, but I started to listen to these different types of cravings. And I'm like, OK, maybe it's necessary that I eat this because of the hard workout I did or because I need sugar, you know, because I, man, I love sugar. You know, that's one of my things. But then, like you said, it's like it, it gets stored somewhere. You know, like there were times where I was like, no, I don't need sweets at all. But now I'm like, no, I need sugars. I need a glucose spike, you know, because of the amount of muscle that I'm building and the way I work out. You know, mm -hmm. and one guy told me something that was very powerful. He told me the, um, to eat for the way you train, mm -hmm. you know. So if you're training hard, you're going to need glucose. You know, you might want to you don't want to go zero carbs and you're, you know, lifting all this way. And you're training for over an hour, you know, with high intensity, you know, you're, you're going to burn yourself out. You're not really going to go through. So say I would eat like oatmeal and things like that. And I would go to the gym and I'm lifting more, you know, I'm able to do more. It's because I have the glucose to burn, you know? So it's a, it's, it's very, it's like the science behind it is so crazy. You know, mm -hmm. I'm like, man, it took me years to figure this out. Because often we try to follow somebody else's program and somebody else's step, but mm -hmm. necessarily that's not like the way we need to go. You know, like it's very hard for somebody over 200 pounds to have chiseled abs, you know, like that's yeah. that across the board. That's going to be difficult. You know, yeah. if your abs could show at 200 pounds, you're doing something. You're doing all right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're doing all right. You know, mm -hmm. so. I had to like, you know, get out of the, you know, the the bodybuilding type of stuff. And I'm like, you know what, just to be a regular human being that's not taking any performance enhancing drugs, this is okay. You know, because you'll look at somebody that's like 160 and be like, wow, they're chiseled. But mm -hmm. then you're like, man, I really don't want to be that small. Mm -hmm. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like that's not, I'm, yeah. I'm 100% with you. I, <clears throat> so I can actually tell you from experience, I'm only, I'm pushing, finally pushing 190 again. 
So I used to walk around in my early to late twenties between 200 and 220. Damn. And then That's I started the business right mm -hmm. around the same time. And for the first couple of years, I was, I was good. Everything was good. But then we started growing a little bit and my, I stopped paying as much attention to both what I was eating, not the quality of it, just as much of it. Mm -hmm. It started to dwindle down talking about the calorie intake. Um, my training also started to shift. I still trained regularly. I've, I've trained regularly for shoot, probably 20 plus years, but my training started to shift. I went from training, you know, I make sure to do heavy resistance training pretty regularly, but there for about a five-year period, I shifted it. I was doing very functional stuff, which is, which is very useful. Don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but it's much different. And your body adapts much differently, especially if you're not using you're not doing compound movements to challenge your body. Right. And I wasn't doing a whole lot of that. So between my calories coming down and changing my, my, the way I was training, I got down to maybe 180, probably under a, maybe 175 pounds. And there was one day, like someone had taken a picture of me or something. And I'm, I was like flexing and looking at my arm and I looked at the picture and I'm like, Oh my God, do I look like that? And I, I say that somewhat, somewhat jokingly, but like I looked thin and I didn't, I didn't like it. I'm like, Oh dude, I got to get some weight back on me. Oh, how tall so, are you? I'm five ten. Oh yeah. 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 You probably need a little. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. uh, like I said, I'm, I'm pushing one ninety again, but like, I feel good at like one, like right around one ninety five, give or take. And like, mm -hmm. that's, that's exactly what you're talking about. Like I'm the same way I needed to get my calories back up and I needed mm -hmm. to start training differently. Mm -hmm. So put those compound movements in, start to bump those calories back up. And I think a lot of people don't appreciate, like, I think there's a lot of people who are, who also don't eat enough, even right. though they're maybe a little, I don't, maybe they're not fat or obese, but they're probably not healthy looking. Mm -hmm. and they don't eat enough and they have low energy and it's partly because you're just not eating enough right so i think there's a lot to be said for that mm -hmm. wow and you know it's crazy like also say me my cruising weight if like say i wasn't like in the gym heavy i'll probably be at around like 190 you know that's where like my body will be comfortable at but now i'm at like 205 you know but because of the way i work out but then i was thinking about it, i was like man if i'm like any less then you know 195 or whatever i probably wouldn't like the way i looked you know like i don't, I don't think i'll be comfortable with that you know because it's like yeah. i don't want to be that thin <laughs> you know but then it's like yeah it's like we all but then there's some people out there that can't get over 180 and they look good for you know that type you know what yeah. i mean like mm -hmm. that's okay for them but then like for you and for me or whatever the way our face is structured or mm -hmm. you know it's like you're meant to be this this size mm -hmm. you know and you should be happy with that you know and that's one thing i have noticed is like all of us aren't gonna look the same some people are gonna have broader shoulders some people are gonna have calves some people are gonna, not gonna have any calves and it's funny because yesterday i posted a workout video on tiktok and this white guy was like man like i never seen a brother with calves like yours <laughs> but there's <laughs> Well, I didn't that's take hilarious. a fist because like i understood what he was saying it was yeah. like because yeah, yeah. i heard it before you yeah. know, in the gym, they were like, wow, black men usually don't have legs like that, you know? Right. 
Like my calves yeah. are pretty big, and they were like everybody's kind of surprised because I'm a black guy with calves, you know. Right. But yeah, it's kind of yeah, man. But then it was That's just hilarious. like okay, you know, like we all are different in some kind of way. Some guys have huge legs, you know. But then it's like for me, in order for me to have legs, they have to be all muscle. Like I don't store any fat on my legs. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad has skinny legs. My uncles big, you know, big stomach, but the legs are super yeah. skinny. You know, but then since I noticed that, I was like, okay, I have to work out harder on my legs and most, you know, so I'm at the gym. There's this guy, his legs are like two times my size, right? And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's work out. Let's work in together. We were on the leg ascension. And so I looked at his weight and I was like, bro, there's no way I'm going to do this light ass weight. So I would like, you know, put in, put down more weight and he, you know, he would move his up. And then we started talking about it. I was like, man, you, you really going heavy. But I was just like, I know, but then it's like, shit, your legs are like twice the size as mine, you know, but he stored a lot of fat there, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it looks like his legs will be strong where mine was strong, but they were like not as big because they're just all muscle, you know? So mm-hmm. it's kind of just crazy how like everybody is different and we all just have to be comfortable to an extent with like how we are naturally, you know? Oh, hundred percent. And well, to go along with that is it also depends on how you train. Like mm-hmm. most guys who are in the gym and I'll give bodybuilders as an example, and you can probably attest to this a little bit, but like <clears throat> bodybuilders are strong. Don't get me wrong. But if you take an average bodybuilder, who's say 200 pounds mm-hmm. or, and then you take a power lifter, who's 200 pounds, they're the same weight. They're both big dudes, but you have them deadlift. That bodybuilder is not going to touch that power lifter. no, not even close. No. Because he trains different. He trains right. for size. He doesn't train for strength. And there's a big difference between the two. Mm-hmm. The muscle looks different. The body looks different. The physique looks different. And it performs differently. Whereas the power lifter, he's more dense looking. He's if you touch him, he's not not a, not the power lifter soft necessarily, but his muscle feels different than a power lifter's muscle because power lifter trains for strength. He trains to be as strong as he can with with at a small enough weight, small enough isn't right, but at a low enough weight, like yeah. if you're lower, if you're, if you weigh 200 pounds, you could deadlift a thousand pounds, which I think the guy who has the the record, he's only, I want to say he might be 225. He may not even be that big, like, but he can deadlift a thousand pounds. And that's because he trains his body to be able to do that. Whereas a bodybuilder who's 225 wouldn't get freaking close. Like Ronnie Coleman's the only one of the only bodybuilders I can think of that actually trained and looked and like he could lift the way that he looked because mm-hmm. he trained heavy. You know, like me, me and one of my friends, we also like came up with the notion that bodybuilders really aren't that strong. You well, know, they're they, not. Just have, they just have to look like mm-hmm. they are like, say I would train, I, I train with the pro bodybuilder, right? I have BB pro, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna get it in. We're about to go hard. And I'm like, and we doing, we're doing the workout. I was like, okay, I, I feel it. But then after I was like, that's it. Like, what You're the like, fuck? like, I just warmed up, dude. You ready to go? Right. <laughs> that's how, that's yeah. really how I felt. And, yeah. you know, he took like offense to that, but I was like, man, I just got to do some more stuff, you know, cause I'm trying to, you know, like it was just a different type of workout. It was like, well, mm-hmm. come in, we'll squeeze, put blood in the muscle, you know, yep. get, get it tired. Okay. I mean, I felt fatigued, but I was, I still want to feel that you know, that real pump, that grind, that push. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That push. But it was like, Mm -hmm. he was working out, you know, differently 
But then also know that like the bodybuilders, they look strong because of the products that they're taking. You know, that's what make them look strong. But then they're not really as strong as what some people will see. Because, I, you know, I worked out with a few of them. And I'm just like, man, like, I would think you guys are like twice my size and, you know, muscle wise. And I would think that you guys will be doing something crazy, you know? Yep. No, you're right. I mean, that's and that's typically the way that it is. On average, a bodybuilder, just not as, as strong as and, but that's not what they're training for at the same mm -hmm. time. And a lot of guys at the gym are the same way. Like if you go to, you know, Globo gym and you walk in there and you see some big muscly guy, like there's a good chance he's not really that strong. I mean, mm -hmm. he's stronger than the average bear, but he's just not as strong as he looks. Right. And again, that's because that's the way he's training. He's training to be bigger. And they're two different kinds of training. But mm -hmm. um, to go back to your point, I wanted to hit on this real quick because I think it's important. Um, a lot of people look at someone like you were talking about feeling good about your size and feeling good about how big you were. And a lot of people would look at that statement and think, again, you're feeding your ego or you're arrogant or whatever, because you want to be big and bulky and muscly. But like on the other end of that are fat people who aren't willing to put in the work because they're comfortable being who they are. And mm -hmm. I look at that as egotistic and arrogant as well. Mm -hmm. Like people want to be confident in who they are. Right. And that's the point is being confident. I, when I was 180, 175 pounds, did not feel confident. Like when I look back at it, even though you were confident. ripped, even though, yeah, I mean, I was, I was probably 10%, 9% body fat. I was lean as could be, but mm -hmm. like, I didn't feel good. My, I was wearing like, this is probably still a medium shirt too. So when I say that, like I was wearing <laughs> medium shirts, some of them could have also been small shirts, but like mm -hmm. my point is you, you want to feel good about who you are, no matter, no matter. It's not, I don't care about showing off to somebody else. Yeah. It's right. nice when someone's like, Hey man, you're in good shape. Well, mm -hmm. thanks. I, I certainly appreciate that. But at the end of the day, I want to feel good about who I am. Right. And I feel good about who I am at 190, 195 pounds. And that's what people don't perceive. They think that because someone's out of shape, they're being humble because, you know, they're not worried about how they look. No, that's freaking egotistical and arrogant also. Like mm -hmm. you're, you're just, you're just on the other end of the spectrum. You want to feel confident too, right? That right. like, I think most people do, mm -hmm. but they just don't look at it that way. Right. Never. Right. Well, I look at it like if I'm not, I'm going to be bulky regardless, but I'd rather be bulky with muscle rather than fat. Yeah. Like I don't, you know, like I like say I have two younger, two brothers were a year apart. Our body types are totally different. And it started like, once we all hit puberty, you know, I started to get more stocky and they were like tall as slim, you know, like we can eat the same foods. They'll still be slim and I will get fat. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like I had to I learned like, OK, this is just what I'm going to be like. They're taller than me. They're skinny. You know, well, not once not skinny anymore, but they were always taller than me and they were skinny. But I was just like, OK, I have to do with what, you know, my body type is, you know, so. All right, I would rather work out than to just like accumulate fat and a big stomach because that will happen to some of us if we aren't in the gym, period. You know, it's like no matter what you eat, you're going to gain weight. You're going to have a pot belly. You know, you're not going to look good, period. You know, but then there's some people that look healthy just because they don't have fat 
and because they have right. just like a naturally slim body. But for us people that accumulate weight, like say, you know, if you stop working out, you'll probably look like crap versus somebody that like, you know, didn't, didn't not working out and they still have like a little, you know, something to them, you know, but we have to, you know, we just have to know that. But I learned that early on. I was like, okay, no, I have to stay in the gym because I know that I'm going to just turn into an unfavorable looking person, period, you know, no matter what I eat, no matter what I do, like, I'm not going to like it. Mm -hmm. Like my head is too big to, to be 170 (laughs) pounds. I I can empathize with that more. I can empathize with that one. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That, that, that skinny, you know, people, when you look at someone and they're thin, that doesn't mean they're healthy. And I think that's deceiving also like yeah. being skinny fat ain't any better than being fat fat. So mm-hmm. like, it's just as dangerous, if not more dangerous because you think you're okay because you're skinny fat, but it's, it's not any more healthy and it's not, it's n- not conducive for, for good fitness. So you know, even though someone is thin, it doesn't make them a healthy person and it doesn't make them a fit person. It just means they're thin. So there's a yeah. big difference between fit and thin and just thin. Man. Yeah. I learned my, my I, I talked to my uncle um, and he told, well, he, well, he told me that he had a stroke inside of church and I think he was 40 years old. And if you wow. were to look at him, you would have never, ever guess that this man had a stroke i'm talking about if you if we had a lineup of people you would always lose you know what i'm saying like handsome slim you know what i'm saying like no gray hair you know it's like how how did this happen to him but like you said like just because the outside looks a certain way does not mean that the inside is all the way there you know so that's one thing that that i have noticed it's like man like we just never, you just never know. Like fat isn't always, I mean, it's a telltale sign of unhealthiness, but it's not always a telltale sign, you know? Nope. You're hundred yeah. percent right about that. Right. Man, we were talking, we go about fitness for about two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I could keep rolling. I mean, that's, that's both of our lives. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, no, this has been, a, this has been a, like a great conversation, man. I feel like there's a lot of, takeaways from this you know that people need to learn because there's you know there's a lot of deception there's a lot of people not feeling comfortable with themselves and you know i interview coaches a lot but i feel like this you know this one was kind of like as genuine and as real as it possibly can with people just being you know just accepting who they are you know and we see you know being in the industry for so long me and you see eye to eye to a lot of things you know because a lot of things that you know, I know that I can't really talk about with other people because they will never understand it because they're just not there. You know, yeah. there's a lot of misconceptions out there when it comes to bodybuilding and fitness period. And people like I was in a one podcast before and the guy was just on me like, so what do you do if somebody comes to you and what do you do with this? What do you do with that? And I'm like, look, man, it's all a case by case basis. You know, like yeah. I don't really give somebody like the same template as somebody else, you know, like everybody is different. Everybody carries weight different. Some people think they're going to be slim, but they never will be slim. So you might as well just shape up the thickness that you have, you know, just make it look as right as it can for you, you know, because you're never going to be 120 or 130 again. Yep. You know, like those days are gone. Like I'm not going to go back down to 170 like I was out of high school. Those yeah. days are gone, you know. So it's just like figuring out ways to help people with their goal. 
and them knowing themselves and their genetics and things of that nature, you know? Most definitely. And I think it's just so hard because we look at everybody else and, and don't get me competent. Like competition is one thing that drives, like that drives human beings looking at mm -hmm. other people and then striving to be like them. But we also, or we tend to look at other people and accept because we look at other people. So we look around and we're like, well, everyone else is fat. So I might as well just be fat. Or we look around and we're like, well, everyone else is drinking and going out and getting drunk all the time. So I might mm -hmm. as well do it. Or everyone mm -hmm. else is eating this or everyone else is blah, blah, blah. And so we accept it for ourselves. Right. But like you are an individual and you're going to be much different. You're going to adapt much differently to certain things than somebody else. Mm -hmm. We're sitting here talking about body types, for instance, body types play a huge role in how big or small you're going to get. There are endomorphs, ectomorphs, and mesomorphs. Right. And it, based on which one you are, either a really big person who's going to be a big, thicker person or mm -hmm. an athletically stocky person, that's who you and I are, mm -hmm. or a thin person who's going to always kind of be a thin person. Mm -hmm. And those are the basic body types. And if you're a really big person, like you're talking about, you're not going to be a little skinny twig. Like that's never going to happen, Right. but that's okay. Like you can still be thinner than what you are and fill mm -hmm. out your body and look the way that you want to look, right. but you're not going to be, you know, the 120, 130, 140 pound person you were when you were 15 years old. Like mm -hmm. that's not going to be the case. Mm -hmm. So that, that idea is definitely important to understand. Like you have to work with who you are. Right. And if that's who you are, accept who you are right. and then do what you need to do in order to make yourself better. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Man, I'm a big testament to that. Like figuring out who you are, your genetics, looking at the people in your family, like all of that plays such an important part in fitness period, you know, because I used to look at, I remember going to NutriShop, it was a, it's a supplement store out here. And I was like, man, I want to look like that. And the guy that was at the store was like, I mean, bro, you're 15% body fat. Like that's, that's okay. Like you're not going to look like that. Like he didn't tell me like the reason why. But, you know, he should have been like, man, that guy is juice out of his mind. You know, do you yeah. know how many things that yeah. he takes to look like that? You know, mm -hmm. but then a lot of the people that were working there was like, I mean, you're good, bro. 15 percent is, is is solid. Like, that's not bad. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to be four percent body fat like those. I remember one guy telling me he was like, man, those guys that are like, you know, dry and three, five percent body fat, they can't do anything. Like they, can, like they feel terrible because they don't have any mm -hmm. energy. Like fat gives you the energy to do what you need to do. Right. And so then I started thinking about it. Like say last year, I was like, LeBron James will post a picture with his shirt off and showing his abs. He is not chiseled at all. Nope. Not chiseled, but you would think one of mm -hmm. the greatest athletes to ever you know, be in existence will be ripped, shredded, six pack. You know, he's not chiseled. He has a good layer of body fat over his abs. Plays basketball every day. Con yep. Mm -hmm. Constantly. Constantly. The, the amount of calories that dude probably burns is is unreasonable to think about. Michael Phelps. <laughs> think about Michael Phelps. Like, like how much that dude swam. Mm -hmm. LeBron James, how much that dude plays basketball. Right. Like, Pro football players, like mm -hmm. how, 
how much they go out, like how, how much they practice in the heat outside all the time. Yeah. Like, no man, like that, that number one, again, people look at bodybuilders and they think, well, they, they got to be the ultimately healthy person. No, like bodybuilders are very unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And when you get to that level of body fat, like it's not good for your body. Right. So you and I, again, because we have very similar body types, like I've never been chiseled, mm -hmm. chiseled, what most people would think of as chiseled. I always have a layer of fat over my, over my, over my stomach. And like, that's it. Like, that's what it's supposed to be. Right. That's the way that it is. <laughs> right. Like I've tried to do it. And I have not felt good. We just talked about it, getting down to 180, 175 pounds. That's about as lean as I've ever been. I've not felt good. Did not feel good. So, you know, you got to put that stuff into perspective. Mm -hmm. Definitely, man. We have so many takeaways during this talk that it's ridiculous. Oh, my God. <laughs> very solid, man. Yeah, very solid, man. Jerry, this has been amazing, man. Um, you know, we're coming up on the time. But with that being said, I would definitely like to be a guest on your podcast so we can have like another conversation because it's been amazing, man. Seriously. We're going to do it, brother. Most definitely. Yeah, man. So um, where can people find you? Uh, right now, I'm trying to, like I said, I am shifting to online. So <laughs> there's a couple mm -hmm. places. I'm on Instagram. Well, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, TikTok's interesting, by the way. I don't know if you mess with it a lot, but. It's pretty interesting. It's definitely a different crowd, but all good people. Right. Um, <laughs> Instagram is where I'm trying to grow. So you can find me on Instagram at Jerry Scarlato. And then I'm also working on my YouTube. I think I have like a whopping four or five followers on YouTube. I mm. literally just put the channel up last week, but uh, at Jerry Scarlato on, on YouTube. But you can also find me on Facebook and, and TikTok. Okay, great. Cause I, I mean, I'm on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram, yeah. of course. Mm. Where you know, I'm, I'm just, I got everything. LinkedIn, like whatever you need, I got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah, hey, no problem, man. I got you covered. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, man. So, do you also have a website? Uh, I do not have a website yet. So that's I'm putting my focus on kind of growing the following on on Instagram and building the YouTube channel up. Um, mm and building the, and building the podcast up. So once those things kind of grasp on and start to get wheels churning a little bit, I'll start plugging out, you know, put, put a website together and do all that. But my focus is, uh, is connecting with people right now, brother. Yeah, no, as you are, I mean, at least we got something, you know, cause I'm sure yeah. people are going to reach out, want to reach out to you and see who you are, see who the man is, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, man. So, Hey, thanks again so much for, uh, mm. for being a guest on this podcast, man. Like, again, this has been wonderful, you know, I'm definitely going to connect with you after this. So yeah, man, have a great rest of your day, brother. And, you know, keep up the great work. Thanks brother. I appreciate you so much, Sherman. No problem.